Welcome to Real Weddings with Sarah. I'm Sarah Kennedy from Irish Wedding Blog, one of Ireland's leading sources for wedding inspiration, advice and support. Real Weddings with Sarah brings you an inside snoop of some of Ireland's best-loved personalities and celebrity weddings. Join me as I indulge on all of the wedding goss. Today I have a lovely episode with a lovely bride-to-be. Lara's Bites is an amazing food influencer hailing from Dublin and Cavan. She is the ultimate foodie, sharing easy meals, simple recipes and fake ways, and a little bit of travel sprinkled on top, and so much more. Her content is so, so good. Every time I look at it, I have to go hit the fridge. Now, she is planning her wedding, like many of you, for 2024. And most recently, she said yes to the dress. I can't wait to hear all about it. Lara, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is my like, second podcast ever, so I'm very excited oh, to be here. Oh, I feel so privileged that yeah. we are number two, because you, you see, you got to do the practice run on the other one. So this is, the, this is the masterpiece. <laughs> well, look, you've got a huge year ahead. How has yeah. it been so far? Is it, are you in, do you feel like you're in a bubble or is it just, nope, we've got to stuff I, to do? <laughs> uh, I would say I actually I'm feeling a bit, I'm, at the minute I'm, I'm relaxed. I feel like I've booked the main bits. I just have a couple smaller things to get organized. But it's very, it's an overwhelming process. Mm-hmm. And I'm who's very organized, a bit of a control freak. And because we're getting married abroad, there's so much unknowns and you have to really put your trust in people that you don't really know. So I am finding it a little bit overwhelming, but I'm trying my best to like enjoy the process and control what I can control. So yeah. Control the controllables. Well, look, let's pull it back. Can you tell us, first of all, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, so uh, yeah, my name's Lara and I basically started my food page um, in, during lockdown when I realised I had no other hobbies aside from eating out and going to the pub and they were couldn't do either of those things. So um, my now fiancé came home one evening and he was like, oh, I, I bought you a domain name, like you need to just set up a food page because I was sharing all this stuff to my, my own page anyway. Um, and then he was like, well, you need to just make it official. And uh, he was like, I think you could make something of it. So that was kind of it. I kind of was thrust into um, starting a food page. I was like, well, the blog is paid for now. Uh, so, yeah, that's and it just kind of snowballed from there. But my background is like nothing to do with food. Um, I actually have a psychology background. I was working in social care and psychology um, in Dublin and in Toronto before I moved home from Canada got a job in tech and kind of the rest is history I kind of have completely pivoted away from the psychology um but I'm really loving it and my job kind of allows me to do to do both which is great so I have this nice steady income from the from my nine to five and then I have the the food blog which is a great now additional extra wedding savings so well there you go (laughs) there you go So tell me about this. Can you tell us about how you and your partner met and how was the proposal? Yeah, so we actually know each other probably about 10 years. We both worked in the now Farnham Estate in Cavan, um, but it used to be the Radisson when we worked there. Um, but like we both had, were in like different relationships and like we were just really good friends. Um, then he moved to New York, I moved to Toronto. And you know, when you're like, you're young and traveling yeah. and don't 
that much money you kind of were like oh you're in Toronto oh, sure I'll come up for a weekend and um, we'll have the crack and then I reciprocated or he reciprocated and I stayed with him then in New York but again like we were just like friends and then I suppose it just like when I moved home but he moved home a year before me and then I moved home and I suppose like it kind of just started off like you know casual enough uh well it wasn't casual on my end so I I, I headhunted him a little bit um, <laughs> and a bit of persistence but I got there in the end I got the ring so <laughs> I love that and tell me about getting the ring what did what did he do or did you ask or did he ask no no I did I didn't ask <laughs> I didn't have that much uh, courage but um no so we were together we're together nearly five years now but I suppose I kind of knew it was coming the year like so we got engaged in 2022 it was actually only a couple of days ago last year um in New York down at Long Island City like the boardwalk oh, wow. Ola sign so I kind of did, we had just bought our house a couple months before so I and we had a couple of trips planned for the year so like it obviously was something that we had like discussed that like you know we both knew we were going to spend the rest of our lives together but I didn't know when it was coming I just was like well we have a few trips so it probably will be one of them in my head I kind of we were in Mexico in May and I kind of had thought mm, maybe there and then when it didn't happen I was like you know what I'm just not gonna be waiting for it to happen yeah, 100%. I don't enjoy anything um so I kind of just put it to the back of my mind and I was like you know what when it happens it happens um and then we were in New York uh visiting some some of Steve's friends because he used to live there so yeah, we were just going for a long weekend and it was around the time of like, remember the chaos in the airport yes. when huge delays. So we were there like one of the first days of that chaos and we arrived at the airport like three and a half hours early. We were queuing oh an God. hour for bag drop and then we were in the security queue in Terminal 2 and it said like estimated time through security 90 minutes. Oh, and Jesus I was like, Christ. Like our flight's going to be in like, by the time you get through this queue, it's going to be in 40 be, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> is never, like, I'm always the stress head. Like, he's normally, like, so chill. Um, I didn't know he obviously had the ring on his in his bag. And he was so stressed in really bad humor. And I was like, look, it's out of our control. I was like, there's nothing we can do at this point. We came at the time that they said to come to the airport. Like, like I'm sure there's other people in our position. If half the flight's not boarded, maybe they'll delay. Like, yeah off so anyway he he then was like I'm going to try to get us through fast track and I was like we haven't even they wouldn't book the fast track like if you hadn't pre-booked it when you booked your flight they weren't giving it to people because there was such chaos so anyway I was like well I'm not losing our place in this queue so I stayed in the main security queue he ran out over to fast track and basically pleaded with the guy and was like look we're going to miss our flight. I'm meant to be getting engaged. She has no idea. Will you please let us through? So then he came back and was like, your man's sound. He's letting you through. And I was like, and you were just like, God, <laughs> gift to the gab. No, no, he pleads yeah, with this like, poor man. <laughs> winked at me and I was like, oh, he's very nice. <laughs> and then we got through by the skin of our teeth. And then we had to go through US pre-clearance and it's an estimated time in the queue, three hours. Oh, stop. Like, oh, no. no. And then we were chatting to a few people and they were like, look, like once you're through security, they won't let the plane leave without you because like your bags are basically checked in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, look, I'm sure that there's other people. We found other people from our flight. We're also stuck a couple of people. Yeah, and there's a, ban- a bunch of you. They can't go without you. Yeah. 
So then I was like, look, so we kind of relaxed a bit. We're like, the play's not going to leave without us. Of course, Steve then gets pulled into the interview room when he get to, eventually gets to the top of the queue. Because I think, you know, the way he used to live over there. So I don't know, they kind of seem to do extra checks on him. Yes. So I then started having a meltdown. I'm like, what if he's like held up at customs? I was like, oh my God. So I then started like running to the gate to be like, he's coming, like he's just being interviewed. And eventually we boarded the flight and we were exhausted. We're like, get us. And the fact like one of the big things about the airport is getting to enjoy like a bit of food, a nice yeah. drink. And oh, chilling. None, none of that. None of that. So oh my we God. landed to New York. And because like I wasn't sure, like I kind of made it, I'm a planner. So I had made a whole itinerary for the whole weekend. And the only night that I had kept, day I kept free was the day that we were landing. Because I was like, I don't know if we're going to be tired or just want to chill out. So I was like, let's not book any reservations or do anything. So he knew like that was his only kind of window. Only window, because you were you had a plan. <laughs> yeah, I had everything <laughs> He planned. was on your time. <laughs> and so anyway, he was like, oh, do you mind if we go meet my friend um, for a couple of drinks when he gets off work? And I was like, yeah, grand. I was like, we've no plans. So I was like, what will I wear? And he's like, I'll just wear something casual. This bar is like, you know, like nothing special or whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. And anyway, then we get this subway to wherever we were going. And when I say the weather just did a complete 180 by the time we got off the subway, like I mean torrential. Couldn't even see like in front of you. And yeah. I was like, and the humidity was, of the city as well. Oh, yeah. It's all raising up. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so I was like, Steve, you're going to need to go and get, like, I was like, can we just get an Uber to this bar? And he was like, no, no, no. It's literally two blocks away. It's two blocks away. And I was like, yeah, but Steve, I was like, I'm literally, I didn't even wear anything with a hood. I was like, I'm going to be absolutely soaked to my underwear if we go to this bar and meet your friends. And I don't want to look like a drowned rat going. I was like, well, if we're not getting an Uber, get me an umbrella so he was running around trying to find a walmart i didn't know he had a photographer paid so and was stressed <laughs> for this guy i've never met steve but i'm really yeah. stressed for him <laughs> so we're walking he gets me an umbrella we're power walking and then he was like oh this is my favorite viewpoint in the whole of new york uh do you mind if we stop and take a picture and i was like steve you can't even see the buildings i was like the rain is so bad Cloud everywhere can't see a thing yeah. and he was like oh but I always talked to my mom about this place and like I just always wanted to show her a picture and I was like right so we went down and I was like I took a picture of him and then he was like do you want a picture and I was like no like can we go oh, no. like oh I'm a bit of a wedgie and I was like excuse me like we're in public on this like boardwalk with these two lads in like plastic bags fishing like the rain is so bad and then he's like rustling something out of his trousers and I was like what are you doing and then so he, he was wearing tight jeans so he knew that if he put the box in his trousers like in the box <laughs> I would see it so and because the weather had been so nice before we left he wasn't wearing a jacket so he had no choice but to put the put it down his trousers <laughs> he would like fished it out and then like I then <laughs> And um, yeah, the, the little fishermen, they started taking pictures on their phones, but I didn't know he had a photographer hiding in the bushes as well. So he had a photographer booked and everything. Yeah. yeah. All, of all the days. Yeah. It was like, if if you said yes after all of that, or if he still managed to propose after going through all of that stress, it was meant to be. 
And tell me, when you got home, did you jump straight into planning mode or did you kind of say, no, look, we'll give it a bit of time. We've a load of things going on. Or were you like, oh, here's a plan I made earlier. Here's oh, my yeah. scrapbook. <laughs> like we kind of always discussed, like we never really discussed like our wedding in detail. Well, I had pictured it in my head, but obviously I didn't relay this. Of course, to the of course. standard, standard. Uh, yeah. But I'd always kind of thought in my head that like I'd love to get married abroad. Um, so my dad is like half Italian, half Indian. So like all my dad's family live in Italy. And then my mum's side is Irish. So um, they got married in Italy like, you know, 35 years ago or whatever. So I kind of always thought it would be nice to kind of, well, I was justifying it as keep up the tradition. <laughs> so Yeah, never mind the good food, yeah. great weather. <laughs> yeah. And then Steve's from like a really small village. And I just knew like if we were to get married in Ireland, like he'd want to invite like the every man, milkman. Yeah. yeah. So I, it also was a nice way to like contain the numbers because I like my dad is one of 10 siblings. My mom is one of six. Wow. So even having our immediate family is a lot of people. Yeah. So I was like, I really, really want my close friends there, but I don't really want to extend to, to all yeah, those. To asking out of politeness. You just want to have yeah. the, yeah. Yeah, wow. so that's kind of we didn't really look any we didn't look anywhere in Ireland. We just both kind of said, let's go to we, I, I had always kind of wanted Italy because that's where my parents got married. And obviously, like I'm half Italian or whatever. So yeah. um, I kind of that was the only destination. And I was like, look, if we go on this trip and we don't find anything, then we can regroup and maybe look into Ireland then or like somewhere else in Europe. Um, but that was kind of um, where we started. And then we just kind of picked I'm quite a decisive person so I was like once I found a venue that I was like yeah I could work with this I kind of just uh, ticked it off and started from there so yeah so so talk to me about the planning of the abroad wedding right because I've an awful lot of brides that are <sighs> looking to go abroad but some <gasps> give in and say not give in but they're just like do you know what it's it is it like it's not it's, it's not for the faint-hearted and it's great that you do have that connection into Italy cutting through and allowing you to have some level of clarity but Talk to us about that whole booking process of going abroad. Yeah, I really have to put faith in the process is what I would say. Um, so I kind of just started researching like wedding planners, Italy and like mm -hmm. finding through Instagram. And like, I mean, I, I don't really know. I just kind of winged it. And I found this wedding planner who had like 20,000 plus followers. I was like, OK, he must be legit. Like looked yeah. at some, like the website, looked good, looked at tag photos. And I was like, OK, like they seem good. So I basically just set up a Zoom call with, I think I set up with two different wedding planners and I ended okay. up going with one. Um, and that was, so, that was my, as much as research as I did, um, I think it would be nearly impossible to do an abroad wedding without a wedding planner, to Agreed. be honest. Agree, 100%. Unless yeah. you really know the destination, you've got ties yeah. there. Um, you know, a foreign language isn't a problem. I know for you, that's not as big an issue. But yeah, like 100%, I think it's, it's, it's very difficult. And even just getting your head around the legalities of like, mm -hmm. if I get married there, like legally, what does that mean back home and, and all of yeah. that? Which brings me to that question. Are you going to get married legally here in Ireland first oh, and yeah. then oh, do a ceremony? So much paperwork and things to consider when you like you have to get released from your parish and all this yes. kind of stuff. Neither of us are religious, so we're not actually going to do a religious ceremony. So what we're going to do is just have a super low-key registry office wedding Love it. Yeah, with our two families. We're probably going to do it like 
early next year maybe January February time and just go out for a meal with our two families I'm not I'm like trying to keep it as low-key as possible so like yeah, I don't you want to save the moment and not feel like oh we've done this already you want yeah. that day to be the day yeah yeah so we're just going to do all the paperwork then. And then my friend is actually going to do our ceremony. Um, so I was at a nice humanist wedding in Portugal last oh, October. And they had a friend doing the ceremony. And I was like, this is so nice. It's so personal. Like the person that's doing your ceremony, like knows both parties like really, really well. And I was like, who of my friends would be a good person? So I asked one of my bridesmaids who also worked with me and Steve in the Farnham estate at the same time. Oh. So I was like, be a mutual friend. Well, she's one of my best friends, but she's also a mutual friend. So I was like, that's nice. She knows you both. She can really bring that personal touch into it and, and share yeah. the stories and be respectful of both yeah. of your boundaries in terms of what you want and what you don't want to say. And tell me this, how did you find like from a price perspective in Italy, because I think this is the burning thing. Like, are we like, Oh God, I'm hearing so many mixed messages, right? Because I'm hearing from some saying way more expensive than Ireland are on par with Ireland or way under. And it all is relative. It depends on how you do it. But just in your initial stance, looking at everything, like, what do you think? Well, I think our budget has gone out the window to be perfectly honest. Um, There was one venue that we looked at that was really, really nice. They just didn't have availability on our dates okay. and it was excellent value. I, I, I can tell you the name of it. It was Borgo Tragliata in just outside Rome. Yeah. And we're offering a three day event for like 30 grand, which would include oh, all everything. Food. Yeah. All your food, all your drinks. Yeah. Uh, so like you probably would have spent an extra 10 grand and got all your extra bits. You know what I mean? Like your dress, yeah. all that kind of stuff, suits and things like that. Um. So that that was like super tempting, but the only dates they had was kind of like, I think it was late October. And I was like, oh, you're running the risk yeah. there. The sun, like a shorter evening. So you're going to have to push things inside earlier. Potential, a higher chance of rain. So I just like, that was the only reason that we didn't go for that venue. And yeah. um, so I was like, that is really good value. And when people are talking about good value Italian weddings, like that is it. Like it's, a, and it's a beautiful, stunning venue. And it's super and close. Three to days. Fun. Three day events. And does that days. include the accommodation? like the or guests are paying extra accommodation or what way does it work I think the rooms are only 60 quid a night Jesus. for guests so like it's, wow. it's all around like yeah. uh, whereas the venue then that we ended up going for that had availability on our dates like everything is external like nothing is in-house so like yes we paid for our wedding wedding planner and the food in our wedding but you're bringing everything in everything is extra vendors so like our day two is different vendors um we have to sort music we have yeah. to sort flowers lighting everything um, but is your so, is your planner doing that part for you um so what they're doing is they're kind of giving us like I'm saying like okay I don't know who's a vendor like if I was getting married in Ireland half oh you know straight away yeah I'd be like, okay who did you guys use for x y and z whereas I don't have that information so you really have to trust the people that they're sending yeah so I was like okay can you send me a list of some florists that you've worked with um and then so what he does was he gives me a spreadsheet with maybe six or seven florists or bands or djs or whatever um and we kind of just went through the list ourselves listened to like the bands for example we spent loads of time kind of researching listening to them at previous weddings checking their youtube channels and everything and then going back and saying okay we're interested in this band and this photographer and then he'd go back and sort out and the he'll contract. manage all okay so he's taking an awful lot of that heavy lifting of yeah. admin out and and probably 
probably realistically, if you were to go direct to those suppliers, you'd probably pay that little bit extra, whereas cumulatively, you're probably getting a better deal working through a planner. Yeah, anyway. and you're never going to know, though, because like yeah, you're well, hoping- look, there's no transparency in it. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, look, you have to, at the end of the day, I think it's once you feel like you're in safe hands. I think that's the main thing. That's, you know, and obviously you are. But tell me, where in Italy are you are you getting married? So we're getting married just outside of Florence. So it's like 20 kilometers from Florence. But I think you can fly direct to Florence from yeah. Ireland about an hour and 20 minutes, I think, from Pisa. So yeah. we're hoping that if there's enough people on like one flight, we can organize a, a bus for people kind of coming Which to the race. Yeah, yeah. But I think so many of our friends that I've been talking to and family, they're all planning kind of their own trips. So they might be planning to fly in the week before, do the Amalfi Coast. Some are flying into Rome. Some are flying in in time for the wedding, but then staying on after. So everyone is just kind of making a big holiday out of it, which is quite why why I'm like, it's actually really nice having an abroad wedding because everyone's just in holiday mode. And well, this I feel is like it. with a bit more, if things go wrong, it's like, oh, sure, it's in the sun. Everything will be nice. Well, this is it. We we went to a wedding, um, Owen's cousin's wedding years ago. Would have been maybe, God, maybe about 11 years ago. Um, and absolutely stunning place again just outside Florence if memory serves me correct um it was near um where James Bond was filmed there's this gorgeous little um oh it's hardly little but it's uh cool village can't think of the name but one thing I always remember when I look back on on Rob and Jill's wedding was that all of the family were in all these little houses all within the villa yeah, like, you'd be walking down the road and there was, you know, Owen's granny and she was sitting outside and it was yeah. like, it was just this little commune. It was fabulous. Like, and, you know, we had that for those few days. It was, and, you know, that kind of, that, that, that whole kind of what you think is going to be a rigmarole of flying somewhere, renting a car and getting to the venue. All of that goes away when you get there because it's just such a lovely experience for the few days. And there's less of this pressure on the one day itself because you've actually, it's all just this really relaxed eased yeah. in three-day event it's it's so so nice and tell me this what so far out of all of it has been the hardest part I definitely think it's the like logistics and what I can control versus can't control yes. like our hotel is kind of being sticklers about like they want people to book up front and pay for the rooms which is fine like some people like getting it out of the way but then they're saying it's like non-refundable so like I'm oh. like well pregnant and can't fly like how are they meant to know that a year in advance you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm finding that kind of thing quite stressful um but I'm also like this isn't controllable like what you're gonna yeah, have people- these are the rules and look yeah. there's always ways and means because somebody else might take that room then instead of that person Hopefully it's just ha- yeah it's just fiddly but look it'll it, there's nothing that 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 can't be fixed yeah and you've said yes to the dress as I said earlier so talk yeah. us through that whole, because you're thinking of, I need a dress for an abroad wedding. I have to get it over there. It needs to be a certain, I suppose a lightness. You don't be hoofing a big heavy dress through. So talk to us about your wedding shopping. Did you just go to one boutique? Did you go to many? How did it work? I only went to four, four in total. Okay. So I actually ended up buying the very first dress that I tried on. Oh, um, the way. I, I know. I got my dress in Love Ellie and Cabin. Yeah. I kind of never thought I would get my dressing cabin. I just always kind of was like, oh, that's a good starting point. I'm going to try on. It's local so I can bring all my bridesmaids. I can try on all the different styles because it wasn't like I was having to traipse people 
you know, halfway down the country. Yes, yes, yes. It was on the doorstep. Perfect starting point was kind of in my head. Um, and I did go and I tried on loads of different styles. Um, but I have actually picked that dress. And I think there was one other one um, that I had kind of looked on their Instagram. And I was like, oh, like, that's a bit of me. So there was, though, I definitely wanted to try on those two dresses. And then everything else was kind of like, oh, I'll try on that style and this style. Um, but then I kind of found that I was comparing every other dress and every other shop to the, the that first one. dress that I tried on. So after like three or four shops, I was like, I need to just stop torturing myself. Like I keep gravitating back to this one dress. And then there was another dress that was super, super similar, but it was in another shop and it was like a couple hundred more expensive. And I was like, I'm splitting hairs here. I'm even going yes. and looking at the same style dresses in different shops. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I think it's a sign. I'm just going to go back. Just go back. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And did you get your bridesmaids dresses there as well? Or did you, or is that like a separate job now to do? So this is a separate job because basically long story short, I had kind of had in my head, you know, four is like a nice number of bridesmaids. Um, and then Steve was like, I'm not going to be able to ask just four. So okay. I was like, okay. I was like, right, let's come from one of my, where really good friends is getting married and she had six and I was like okay we can stretch it to six but I, I was in my head was thinking of the budget and was like six yeah. dress hair and makeup six shoes six bags yeah yeah never mind like, then the groom side yeah so anyway I then went and asked my six bridesmaids and that was lovely and then Steve um was meant to bring he has like eight really good friends um oh, but he's more gonna bring eight to the pub and pull names out of a hat and be like look Stop. that is such a lad's thing to do it's all to be me grooms men but like um lara has six and i can't have eight so anyway that's what he was meant to do and then he ended up going out over the christmas and just kind of asking them all on different nights out individually and then he came home one day and was like i've counted it and i've actually asked eight. Oh my <laughs> so i was like i honestly i did have a I'd bit of a go now. <laughs> and I was like eight suits and shoes anyway so I was like you know what he's already asked now he's not yeah there's nothing you can do the damage is done (laughs) so I was like I then was like okay I was like we're getting married in kind of a rustic vineyard kind of vibe I was like you know what I was like the fact that we have an uneven number in the bridal party between eight grooms and six bridesmaids I was like I'm actually going to let the bridesmaids pick their own dresses because I have such a big group um all different heights colors body types and I was like I'm not going to find one or two dresses that are going to what's the point yeah I want everyone to feel comfortable especially like in the heat um I don't want somebody worried like just feeling like oh god I hate this dress and it doesn't suit me or and we're in the heat and I'm stuck in it so I actually just went on Pinterest I found a color palette that I really liked and I was it was the color of dresses that I would have gone for anyway so I'm actually just giving them a budget and asking them to pick their own dress. And once like, you know, um, right. if the color palette. So it takes the work off my hands as well. So yeah, look, and you know what? And this is the thing. Not everything has to be matching. Like yeah. mixed match is is actually really popular. And even if it's not everybody wearing that exact color tone, variations and complementary yeah. colors to it and even pattern, like just once, as you say, once it's comfortable and once it all kind of blends and has some form of theme coming together. 
yeah and I'm hoping as all having like matching bouquets and like gold shoes or something I'm hoping that would like tie all the all the that'll looks. be the string that brings it all together then mismatched anyway with the, with the numbers so I was like well, oh, I'm I'm come this far I just think that's hilarious that is that is such it's so funny because like that would be my husband would have been at the time he'd go out and night and start inviting people and I'm like oh, yeah. And like we we can't like we can't take them like we've nowhere to put people we're capped <laughs> like, yeah you know it is it's just a funny thing but tell me this um has there been one particular moment where you've gone this is pure overwhelming I'm just gonna elope has there been any moment like that I don't think so I do like actually there was like one of my really good friends um she got engaged and you know, actually two of my really good friends, one of them got engaged, had actually gone so far as to nearly book her venue. And then she was like, what am I doing this for? She was like, I don't want a big wedding. And she was like, I'm just going to use that money and go traveling instead. And my yeah. other friend wrapped her, she was starting to do all the wedding planning. And then she was like, I don't want a huge wedding in the sun. So she actually just basically, it wasn't eloped, like she had 25 people there. Yeah. But I was like, it really made me stop and reflect and be like, what is this for? Like, who are we doing this for? Like, they were so true to themselves and we're just like, feck it. We're just literally yeah. going to nobody but ourselves and have a 20 person wedding or no wedding at all and going traveling instead. Um, but like I did, I am somebody who has always dreamed of. Yeah. Like my- and, and there is a difference because yeah. like, I, I think there's somewhere it, and you're so right. It just, it hasn't been something that, has been a value to them but if you've kind of not necessarily grown up with it but if, if that's how you like for me I couldn't have not had my day yeah yeah like I that's I visualized the day you know I would have felt really hard done by if I didn't get that day no amount of travel would have would have quenched yeah. that for me you know um but I completely respect and I'm seeing so many couples just do that particularly with buying houses now and cost of madness so look and and I can get it but look the wedding is is one day and obviously there's this huge build-up and there's this gorgeous moment of planning all the bits together and of course for yourself getting back and forth to Italy and seeing you know the venue and and that's really exciting there's a lot of lovely moments but and we were talking we kind of alluded to it a little bit talking about you know it's always been that's our idea I suppose our idea of what life is and tradition but what did you what do you feel marriage is going to bring to both of you that isn't maybe there you know is maybe not there or maybe is there like what is it about marriage that appeals to you so much um I don't really know what it is to be honest I feel like part of it is just like tradition and it's like okay we're at that stage where that's the next kind of step but like from speaking to my friends who recently got married they were like you know we kind of do things in reverse now like we had our house we've moved in together we're already living like together and doing all those kind of things so it was like you know it we kind of done it in reverse to how people would have done it let's say 40 years ago even where they get married and then they move in and have their house and whatever and have the kids um so I don't I think it just is a bit more like stability and like knowing like okay this is like my person even though this I already a unit it's it like symbolizes that in like you know de- definitive terms I suppose but like 
I just kind of always wanted just to have a big celebration with my friends. Like I don't necessarily like all my friends who recently got married, they're like, it feels the exact same, sure. <laughs> they were like, you know, we just got back to back to normal the following week. And we're like, oh, that's over now. Um, but I think it's just like I just want to get everybody together and have like a great time and just like celebrate love and like friendships and uh, it's it's not that I'm getting married. I, I, we're not religious, uh, so we're not doing it for like that kind of purpose or anything. But it's just to like you know have a good time and yeah. you know yeah and just say we're together. This is yeah. this is we're this is how we're going to progress. And tell me, have you thought about um your first Christmas married? So yeah, so I basically work is super busy for me like Christmas and summer. Um, because obviously I work in tech uh, on a safety team. Um, so I'm basically in like customer service management. Uh, so it's super busy for holiday season. Yeah. Tr- so um, actually, I, I, I probably will have to volunteer to work on the Christmas day because we're looking to potentially take our honeymoon in for, for New Year's and into January because that's a quiet time for both of uh, us work wise. And really good weather in other locations as well. <laughs> have to work around the Christmas somewhat um so I haven't really like I kind of am used to working over the Christmases anyway so I'll see if I can sneak some time off on Christmas day and just use the pull the wedding card but um yeah I'd say we'll probably just do something low-key and like spend it with one of our families uh, or maybe even both of our families like coming together and coming one of together our- as one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. saving all the drama yeah I've, I've that's that's one thing I was having a conversation there's there's one couple that were in touch with me and they're they're really falling out about who gets the first Christmas where yeah. so because <laughs> it is it's a, it's it's a tough one tell me do you have any wedding x wedding x going on to wedding tiktok i find can be like a pretty toxic place as like a bride to be and you feel like you're just bombarded with everything that people are saying that you need and then it's really like comparison and like oh my god i haven't booked that like um, is my wedding going to be terrible because i haven't booked that yeah. so i suppose in ick but it's like more like undue pressure i think of what society says you need to have at your wedding and it's like well yeah well most of us aren't sophia richie going around with it like a t- i know budget you know what I mean like uh, and you just can't do everything and I think that's really an unfair like standard to kind of uphold and I kind of think you know we need to prioritize things that are of value and what you value as a couple so whether that's like you know having a champagne tower if you are somebody who loves champagne then great but like you don't feel like you need to do it all you can't have the you know the photo booth with the chocolate fountain with the champagne tower like Focus yeah, on- pick choose your battles. Yeah, basically, yeah. I know, and I think as well, like, and I, I think a lot of couples they feel like they need to inject a whole load of things into their day for it to be successful. I firmly believe with the right crowd there, and if it's all like you're, you're really your your people, the day is perfect without it. You know, yeah. so but obviously, if you have in your head like every couple or individual in the couple might have their one thing that they really, really want. And that's fair. It's your day. Have whatever you want. But definitely not to, I suppose, give in to this standard of, yes, everybody, here's a trend and this is what you should be having at your wedding and this is how your wedding should look. Just do what you want. You know, it's your and it's it's a lot of money to be be spending to please other people. Well, look, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I'm already dying to see this stunning (laughs) Italian wedding I'm on pure standby mode now between now and 2024 um and look best of luck to both you and Steve 
Thank you so much. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be probably documenting bits more. And we're going over to view our venue and like menu tastes and things like that. We're, we actually have a wedding in September that's pretty close to our venue. So we're going to do like our menu tasting and meet. Great. Then. So and I'll bring you that. Brides can follow your journey. Brilliant. And look, everybody tune into Lara's Bites. And that's where you'll be able to see the entire journey. And you can sit back and enjoy every second of it thank you so much thank you thank you for having me so nice to chat to you thanks for listening to Real Weddings with Zara thanks to producer Ruth Devaney voiceover extraordinaire Phil Cawley and Pink Champagne Wedding Band for our Cool Finds jingle join me next week where we will be chatting to another top guest to get the scoop about their wedding day and married life until then you can find me at Irish Wedding Blog on social media channels <laughs>